Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this episode of the Mindful You podcast. My name is Alan Carroll, and I'm happy to host the podcast with you as we journey down the path of mindfulness and we get to meet people who share their stories and their adventures as they travel down that that life path today's guest dr cody goldman chiropractor seeker, teacher, healer, who has experienced radical physical, mental transformations in his life. Stories that are miraculous. Cody has touched the space of the miraculous. And his stories are inspiring. And his wisdom is like a powerful light shining to illuminate the darkness and bring the the love and the joy and the compassion that you get when you have a non-judgmental mindful perception so it's exciting to be able to share with you dr cody goldman and please welcome him to the mindful you podcast. Welcome, Dr. Cody, to the Mindful You podcast. What a, what a pleasure to have you with us today. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's really my pleasure. I appreciate the, the time and space in your life. Well, you're, you have an interesting story to tell and an interesting uh, background to share with us, which leads you into this space we call mindfulness so just like to have you share a little bit of your your background and, and and your journey so far until today sure sure i'll i'll, I'll condense because i probably like many of uh, you and in the listeners have had a lot of life experience in a very short period of time um but to to summarize this uh, i was uh at 17 i joined the military and, and um that was before you know you could join before you could actually you can't actually go to the military at 17. I was still in high school back then you could. So I joined. Um, and by the age of 19, I was a tank commander and, uh, I was very eager 
at, you know, 17, 18, 19. And, and I found, you know, that was my first real experience with people. Uh, there was a lot of different races, religions, cultures. And um, so I got a lot of people skills <laughs> right off the bat very early. And um, my, uh, I was in a, um, in a big howitzer tank. The bullets are about a hundred pounds a piece and the bullet hole that's not the technical term, but it was above my head for about a foot above my head. You can shoot three bullets a minute. So I was the bullet kid throwing these bullets over my head. And long story short, I started having numbness and tingling and headaches sure. and all kinds of stuff. Right. And uh, I knew nothing about health. I, I like everyone else. I went to the doctor and when I was had a runny nose, I got a pill and I got the flu shot and got all these things. And so I started going to uh, a neurologist who checked me out and he said, nothing's wrong with you, but my hand was numb. And so I went to the cardiovascular specialist and did the treadmill stress test. And that was fine. Nothing wrong. Meanwhile, over the course of three, four, five, six months, I'm starting to lose strength in my hand and I can't lift these bullets anymore. And so it's becoming quite a big problem. I also start having major headaches and, you know, I had had asthma since I was 12. That just started getting worse. So I go to multiple specialists and they couldn't find it. Basically all said, nothing's wrong with you. And I'm going, well, that doesn't make any sense. Now, a few of them gave me some prescriptions, which was my first kind of inkling to like, you know, where I'm going with this. I thought, well, that's weird. Why, if you don't know what's going on, why would you get a prescription? You know, just I, again, I was a little stupid when it comes to health. So I didn't know what sure. was going on. Sure. So eventually go to these specialists. My mom said, hey, your grandfather was a World War II pilot and he went to see a chiropractor. And I said, I want to see a real doctor. I'm not sure I want to see one of those quacks. And uh, But after you see enough real doctors who really don't help you, you decide to go do some other stuff. So I went to uh, finally reluctantly see a chiropractor. And the guy said, hey, I've done some x-rays. And he showed me you got a pinched nerve in your neck. And I said, well, that's that can't be the case. I saw a neurologist. And he said, well, a neurologist wasn't looking for this. And I said, I don't understand. He said, well, you're you're in the specialists you saw were checking your body parts. They weren't checking the connection to the body parts. And I said, well, that are you kidding me right now? It's that's, he must be joking. So he said, well, let me do an adjustment with you. He did an adjustment, which removed pressure off the nerve of my neck in, in, in literally one second at a lightning bolt, electricity energy shoot down my hand and feeling came back and right. Yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> so, so there you go. So that's that's what I experienced. Now I'm I'm 19 at the time, and I go, what in the hell just happened? I was shocked. Feeling came back, and he started explaining the principles to me. Now I say this story because this is where this is the initiation of of understanding universal principles and the application to the mind and body. And you know, he said, let's work with you a few more times. And he explained to me that my my the brain has an intelligence inside. And it's running from my brain to the, through my spinal cord out to my organs. And um, there was pressure on those nerves. So the intelligence wasn't getting through to my hand. And little did I find, I found out later, about three months later, after working with this guy, my heart palpitations and asthma completely cleared up since I was 12, completely cleared up. Now, at the time, I was also going to the University of New Orleans and I opened up an anatomy book. And if you guys look this up, there's something called the Merrick chart. And it was, it was created back in the 70s. It's a medical chart that shows the connection between your brain and your spine, your spinal nerves and your organs. And lo and behold, I found that the nerve that controls our hand 
also controls our heart. But you don't have pain fibers in your heart. So this is something that's really important. Uh, 80 to 90% of our body, Alan, 80 to 90% of our body, we don't feel. You'll never feel, ever. Thank God. Can you imagine, <laughs> right? Can you, can you imagine if you felt 60,000 miles of arteries and veins circulating blood and oxygen to your tissues? Can you imagine that, right? Now I got so, enough things to think about. I don't need to think about I, that. Me too. Me too. Exactly. So I point to these things because, listen, I've spent last 20 years passionately educating people on the power of their the mind and body. And not from a... a a big grandiose idea, but from an actual scientific perspective. And I found when people truly understand how their body works, it equals freedom, freedom from what I am calling the enslavement of our healthcare system. (laughs) Now it's not all bad. So maybe that's a strong word, but when we understand that you've got an intelligence that's circulating 60,000 miles of arteries and veins, it's turning your food into your cells and tissues. It's, it's rebuilding your skeletal structure. Every seven years, you have a brand new skeletal system. Every 24 to 48 hours, you have a brand new stomach lining. Every 120 days, your red blood cells rebuild. So I can go on with this. But the point being is, that's pretty damn cool. And whatever's doing that knows way more than I do. So that whole journey... At that moment, I realized when that that electric shock came down and all of a sudden I started looking up in this in these textbooks, I said, you know what? I'm going to become a chiropractor. I want to help people truly heal. I also said, what if I would have listened to the doctors who gave me a pill right. without a prescription, right? Yeah, it's just right. – and then I started – yeah, I had these cognitive flashes that showed me at 40 years old and 50 and 60 and 70, the result of suppressing symptoms with some kind of pill or whatever – what would that do in the long run? And that's when I started realizing, oh my gosh, we're not looking for causes. So there's a principle, of course, of cause and effect. But what I found was that symptoms are mainly effects. Your body is not a cause. The body's never been a cause. The body is an effect. It's a loudspeaker of you and the interaction of you and whatever intelligence you believe in. So well, kind of weaving all that together when I, the first day in chiropractic school, the very first day in chiropractic school, I think it was a 22 or 23 at the time, we had to do an introduction of ourselves. I stood up and everyone kind of introduced themselves and I stood up and I was kind of a, I would say I was cocky, uh, big ego, and I loved to entertain. You know, I was pretty full of myself at the time. And so I started to tell this funny story about how I'm drinking and trying to entertain everyone. And I heard a voice pop in my, my, in my head, it literally popped in and it shut me up. And it said, your purpose is to ignite and inspire people to their highest potential. And I literally stopped talking and looked around and I was, I mean, I'm in front of 400 people and I'm like, and I couldn't say, did anyone hear that? But I, I heard it, but I could tell no one else heard it. So it threw me off. That's cute. That's cute, Cody. It threw you off. Having a voice of God <laughs> in the middle of a 400 person seminar threw you off. Well, I, I, exactly. I, I can understand wobbling a little bit, but you know. <laughs> no, right. No, get me back on my egoic trip. Like I know what I'm doing here. So, you know, source. <laughs> exactly. So, so I, I say that because that was the initiation of, of kind of going, okay, wait a minute, there's something greater here and here's my purpose. So that kind of is a rundown of, of the initial part of my story. Well, that's a uh, Mount Everest kind of experience where you, 
uh, hear hear a voice inside your head and have a physical experience of a, a, a flow of energy going down your body, a spark of energy. It's like a wake up call, like you wake up from a dream. Like, oh, wait a minute, what's going on? Almost like shock therapy, where you're you're shocked into awakeness. Um, and so I can understand that that is that's rare. In my experience, it's rare. Um, and yet, you don't have to have too many of them to get you on the track. Uh, and and so those yeah. kind of experiences, yeah. especially being being told uh, of what your purpose is. At a younger age, yes. Then, then yeah. the, the then the decision making process becomes oh, if you're aligned with your purpose, then of course I would do that. But if you don't have a purpose, then eh, you know, I, I try this, try that, try this, try that. So boy, what a what 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 a gift, what a gift. Well, let's yeah. continue yeah, down the gonna, the. Uh, yeah. You talked about the. Uh, uh, the the body is the effect it's not the cause uh, the effect is somewhere else and and to me uh, when i think about the effect of the body i think about the thoughts that i think um, and how the thoughts that i think influence the the condition of my mental physical and emotional body is that similar to where you go with your uh, what's what's the cause of the effects? Well, we're going to go there, and we're also going to go beyond uh, because what, what we're at right now, twenty three. So I basically spend the next uh, seventeen years, you know, become a chiropractor. In chiropractic school, I uh, discovered a a work, a course, a program that I was a part of um, from a man who developed this in nineteen thirty one. It was called concept therapy. So in nineteen thirty one. He had a cognition and enlightenment. His name was Dr. Thurman Fleet. And so in 1931, he basically had that cognition, created these courses and classes to basically describe what awarenesses he had during those, in this seven day enlightenment. So I studied those for years. I started teaching them. So when I, I went to chiropractic school for, was it four or five years, got out, opened my practice, and I studied this guy's work. And I also started teaching as I was a youngest uh, teacher. Uh, and most of the people in this class, in this, in the teachers were 60 was young. Uh, they're mostly in their seventies and eighties teaching because the, you know, the guy taught people back in the thirties and forties. So, so it was like, I was one of the youngest kids there or guys. There. And so this work was what really opened up my consciousness. And here's why I say this. We discussed about the body and in, in chiropractic, we go, okay, the cause of disease is a pinched nerve. So when you block life force from the brain to the to the organs, it doesn't get through. And and yes, that's a that's a truth. That's a truth. It's not the whole truth though. <laughs> it's a truth because you, as you just mentioned about thoughts, um, if we start weaving this together, one of the one of the interesting pieces of this is, was his work was based on why if you if you when you adjust someone, I had just so you you guys know this. I had in my office people heal from breast cancers, digestive cancers, sickle cell anemia, AIDS, fibromyalgia, multiple sclerosis. I wasn't doing anything except chiropractic. But the question is, why when I adjust someone, why would why would their multiple sclerosis get better? But most chiropractors aren't getting, you know, those kind of things better. I mean, the average chiropractor fixes someone back in headaches, that which is great. That's awesome. 
But what I learned from this gentleman was the effects of consciousness upon consciousness. So just to explain this, he had a model uh, that described when, when more than one human get together, there's a way of their unconscious minds interacting. And there's a way to connect. It's called rapport. So when two people have rapport, you can influence each other's unconscious mind or the subconscious brain. Okay. Just to keep it simple. So he had trained us to build an image of health in our mind. So I had six clear images, let's say, of perfect digestion. And in order to really understand this is you right now and you and your listeners, you're digesting food, you're circulating blood, which means you have a program for normal digestion and normal circulation in your unconscious mind. That's there. Now, matter of fact, none of us know how it works. Yeah, none of us know how it works. There's not one doctor on this planet that can tell you how circulation really works. Just really feel into this. If you and I read every medical textbook, every anatomy textbook, every physiology textbook on the planet, we would understand 3% about how the body works. I think that's important. Understood. You go to the doctor. Yeah, yeah. You go to the doctor. It's important people hear this. You're you're going to someone who understands a very small percentage of the body. But there's someone else in there who understands the whole thing. And that's whatever power resides in the subconscious mind. Now, uh, chiropractors say that God... Is, resides in there. I think that's probably a good assessment um, because who else is going to know how to do these amazing things, right? I, I don't know. I don't know how to do it. So in chiropractic, we say, you know, that uh, when you, when you feel into this, if the doctor can put attention on, on health, it'll amplify a patient's subconscious brain cells. So if I focus on perfect digestion, it'll amplify the program that's already there. Now that's that's outside of chiropractic. So removing pressure off a nerve is fantastic. That's amazing. That's a physical treatment. But if the doctor can amplify subconscious brain cells, you now have an added effect of of implementing the the program that's in there for perfect digestion. Okay. So I say that because that's an addition on top of chiropractic. That's what I was doing with people. That's what I learned, and that's what I was trained. And that is the influence of thought upon amongst our you know our own body, but thoughts and energy. When, how it impacts other people's bodies. Does that make sense? Nope. I'm I'm a believer of the, uh, there's a form of yoga called Raja Yoga. And Raja Yoga is the, the king yoga. And when you look at what does Raja Yoga mean, it has to do with the exploration of the inner world through meditation. And, and when you mm-hmm. start to explore the inner world through meditation, uh, the inner world is composed of thoughts and no thought. And so you begin to observe the thoughts, which begins to build the muscle of the observer and the witness that allows you to create the space between you and the event, which allows you to respond rather than react and stay still while other people are going bonkers. Uh, so I, I understand the, the power of the of the mind. And, and that book talked about the, the uh, body-mind-soul. Now, soul to me is yes. metaphysical. Uh, body, yes. body yeah. is definitely physical. Mind is a, a, an apparition of the physical. Yeah, no, one, no one can tell you where it is. Uh, so it's beyond the physical, but it's not metaphysical. It's sort of beyond the physical. But metaphysical is, is beyond the mind, which is composed of the thoughts. So it's that space on the yeah. other side of the thoughts. So, so yeah. go ahead and weave in your yeah. understanding of that. Let's go there. 
Yeah. And especially with your level of consciousness and your program and your listeners, they're able to, we're able to go there. So I love that I can do this. So now if we take this, you're going to love this story because this is the next, this is the next big moment, Everest moment. Okay. Let's fast forward. So I've got these amazing healing results. I mean, we're, we're getting, I have hospitals calling me, asking me what we're doing because patients are healing from sickle cell anemia and AIDS and right. And, and it's, it's incredible. So I'm pretty, I still got my ego, by the way. I didn't get rid of that. So I'm pretty, pretty big on myself with what I'm doing here. We've got a huge wellness center. Well, I start hearing, you know, a little bit of the voice saying, hey, you, it's time for you to, to get, get out of this. And I go, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Right. So I didn't, I, I thought you only got one gift in this life. You see, Alan, I, that was the thing I was confused on. So anyway, I'm, I'm pretty good at what I'm doing now. I, so I, I listened for five years, go through some pain. I end up getting to sell my chiropractic office. It was awesome to do this. Okay. And it pushed me into a whole different kind of business. I opened a product business on Amazon, which most would say isn't really that mindful. It doesn't have any spiritual aspects. It, it does. It didn't. It really didn't. Um, there's, there's things in there, but I couldn't figure out why it's telling me to do this. So I do, I do this and I'm making great money. Here's where it gets interesting. This is in 2019. I start getting pretty tired. I'm pretty worn out. I start taking some naps throughout the day and I'm getting more and more tired. I'm going, man, I'm, I'm, and and remember, I know the power of my mind so I can override my, my body. Okay. So I do, I override my body. I'm not listening to it anymore. I'm overriding going, nope, I have perfect energy. Let me just focus on positive things. And I'm pretty positive. You also, I was not someone that you could, you could complain to as well at the time. So I get, I get more and more tired. Now what starts happening is I'm getting so tired that I'm sleeping eight hours at night and two hours in a day, three hours in a day, four hours in a day. I'm starting to get pretty worried. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I had made multiple trips to China uh, because you source products from China to build these, uh, to build these products. Okay. So this is the story. I start going to doctors, you know, I don't even believe in doctors, right? I have judged medical doctors. I had judged the whole system. This is a big principle. I've noticed whatever we criticize, we eventually become. It's a big principle here. Go ahead. Okay? Say that again. To say that again, uh, Dr. Cody, because yeah. that's a really a pretty sound. Yeah. 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 Let me say it fully. Yeah. Whatever we criticize, we eventually attract in our life, become it ourselves, or breed it in our kids. Like a, like a, you throw the ball out, but it bounces back and hits you in the face. Yeah, because energy where people people know, oh, where concentration goes, energy flows and manifests in physical form. But what I didn't realize was if you shove down fear, your whatever you repress get expressed. Now it may express in a way you don't like, but I'll get into that principle. That's a pretty big one. So you bet. So here's what happens, right? So I'm starting to get more and more sick. I start going to doctors because I there's no all my my natural healers can't do anything. My my chiropractors, my you know all, all of them. And so long story short, I start doing some stool tests and samples and $35,000 of blood tests. I mean, I'm starting to get pretty sick. Now I'm in bed eight hours at night and eight hours in a day. Okay. My energy is so bad. Uh, I'm starting to be uh, poisoned from the inside. I didn't know what was going on, but I basically got a parasite in China, which by the way, I didn't believe in parasites. I thought it was all in your head. So just to hear, hear that, I criticized, what I criticized, they started becoming, Okay. Bacteria. I thought bacteria is bullshit. <laughs> I, I judge that. I said, that's, that's all in your mind. That's all in your mind. 
So I get a parasite in China that starts eating away at my um, my nutrients and start becoming malnourished from the inside. Okay. Now I was bit by a tick when I was 17. Okay. So Lyme's bacteria or Lyme bacteria was released into my system. Now the Lyme bacteria is actually circulating through my blood brain barrier and through my circulation and it is poisoning my brain. So now I can't think straight. Like you asked me to spell my name. I can't spell my name, but it's pretty scary to experience that. It's a bit like experiencing Alzheimer's, I would think. So um, I'm now in bed. I'm. Uh, it's easier to say when I'm not in bed. I'm, I'm basically up an hour to two hours a day to try to take supplements and eat something. And this happens. I'm in bed for six months. I don't walk for six months. I've got a new brand, uh, brand new baby. She's six months old. I don't hold her. My mom and dad, who are in their who are in their seventies, uh, come out and they gotta watch me. They gotta they gotta stay with me so they can so I can take care of my you know my family. <laughs> my dad stays with me. Mom stays with me. Which by the way, I didn't have a lot of affinity for family. That was one of my high priorities. I always judged family. I said family's just there for blood. That's just not right. Whatever you criticize, you eventually attract, breed, or become. <laughs> so now I've got to rely on my family. This goes on for a year and a half, six months in bed. Let me fast forward to, you can't imagine the physical and mental pain of the breaking down of your body. When you feel your body breaking down, you feel your organs breaking down. All the patients who came in who had problems, I really never had problems like this. Right. I started having sympathy, right? Right. I started understanding, oh my God, I see what you guys were experiencing. But it was on a whole level for me. Not walking for six months when you're an athlete. I was a bodybuilder. I'm a public speaker. I'm, you know, I'm designed to help other people. So here's what happens is start. I can't go in my body anymore. My body is just destroying. So I go into my mind. I go, you know what? I got control over my mind. But because the bacteria poison my mind, what happens when you lose your mind? Literally lost my mind. Where do you go when your body doesn't work anymore and your mind doesn't work anymore? That's an interesting question. Well, I moved outside of it. And I literally watched myself above my body for months. I just sat over it. I don't know how that even happened. I just watched it. And of course, I'm having conversations with whatever entity will talk to me. Jesus, Buddha, Allah. I didn't, I didn't believe in religion, but I'd talk to anybody at that point, right? <laughs> I'd talk to anybody. <laughs> and I went through all the metaphysical principles, all the, the rays of the dawn, the concept therapy, the Joe Dispenza, the, the Bruce Lipton, the, all of them. The Tony Robbins, I went through all the principles I knew to try to figure out what was going on. None of it worked. None of it worked. And I can't describe to you the mental pain and the emotional pain, the psychological pain is the best way for me to put it, the spiritual pain of, of thinking that you know how to help people. But how funny is it to be the, the, the guy that can help everyone but can't help himself? That level of, that level of uh, hypocrisy and self-condemnation was pretty big, okay? So I feel myself dying. Um, I don't want anyone around because I was always Mr. Positive and I wanted people to see me as strong. I never showed weak parts of myself, which is a little hint to this story. And, and I didn't want no one around. And I, I just, I didn't, I said, all my friends wouldn't come over. Do you need help? I'm like, I couldn't talk on the phone. I didn't get my computer. Now, interesting enough, I had an Amazon business, which didn't require my presence. I had one employee who ran the whole thing. Had I kept my chiropractic office, I would have lost everything. But source or spirit guided me to build a business, which I thought was very unspiritual, right? And they right, had no purpose. Well, here is the purpose, to go through this event and still provide income for my family. 
Yeah. I, I couldn't have, I couldn't have thought of that. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. right. So, right. So <clears throat> this is the moment I think is important for, for, for you. And I want you to, to get this story. I'm, I am saying things like this. I just want to die. Just let me die. It's right. not about suicide. It was about what's the point of living like this? You can't yep. walk. What's the point? I mean, I could hear people playing outside. I could, I could feel that the sun was nice. I could feel people enjoying their lives. What's the point of living? These are things I would have never said before. I would have never said before because I was blocking out dark, negative. I was blocking the other side of life. So I finally am like, listen, I, I, I try different ways to kill myself. You know, just be honest. And and I started, people could hear my verbiage and they were worried about me. And so people started coming over and watching me. And I finally said, okay, well, that's, you know, I, I remember trying to figure out how to jump out of the window and land on my head so it'd break my neck. Because I just, I know how the body works, right? So, but then I realized, is it really going to relieve me from my spiritual pain by removing my body? And I said, that's that's quite an interesting question there in itself. Right. So, so I go in and I realize I'm so afraid of death. All the things, the dark energies that I called dark, all the things I was afraid of were starting to happen. And I finally, after the, there's a, there's about two weeks in this that I said, screw it. I'm going to go in. Let me just go into these energies. Let me stop. I feel I was resisting all this. Let me just go into the, the darkness, the death, the dying, the illness. Let me go in to the things that I've been avoiding. Let me just go in because what else is going to happen? <laughs> if I die, I die. I, I don't know how I did this, but if people can resonate with resisting something and you just stop and you allow it in, however you, however you can translate that in your own being, I let this in and I dove in. Imagine a, a, a pool of darkness, a pool yes. of dark tar that you think you're going to die and you just dive into that son of a gun. Right. But when I died in, I moved in to what felt like death and dying. I started feeling electricity. I started feeling life. When I dove into darkness, I started feeling life. All the treatments, all the stuff, I was doing multiple IVs, oxygen therapy. I mean, I'm not going to go through the whole list. A whole 25 to 30 prescriptions and medication. None of that stuff did anything. None of it did anything. But when I dove into this darkness, I started feeling life. Now, I don't know how that, how to even describe this after six months of being in bed to dive in. And you feel life. And now my, I'm very confused. I'm confused because I thought that you needed to be positive in life. I thought positivity was a way to have a good life. I'm starting to be shown something else. So things that started to flash in my mind in this moment was I had judged so many things in my life for being bad or negative. And I started, I had to become all these things like I mentioned. Well, I wasn't a guy that you could talk to when, if you want to kill yourself, don't come talk to me. If you were you feeling bad about your day, don't come talk to me. Well, now I'm the guy that was starting to realize, oh my gosh, positivity is a fantasy. Negativity is a fantasy. Both are illusions. Both are illusions. There's a law of polarity, which I understood, but I understood it intellectually. Now I'm starting to grasp it. Universal law of polarity, which I know you're familiar with, Alan, says that the tides go in, the tides go out. The sun comes up, the sun comes down. Human equilibrium goes through polarity. There's nothing that doesn't have polarity. But what I was doing was trying to be a one-sided being. Right. One-sided positive person, right? And cutting out the negative. This is what our self-development world, much of the self-development world has been teaching. 
Well, guess what happens when you hold a positive polarity? So feel into this. I'm Dr. Goldman. I'm the ultimate image of health. Let me help you. Uh, let me help you achieve success, achieve health, achieve you know uh, happiness. So I'm holding the positive pole. The 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 longer and harder you hold that pole, the harsher the swing to the other side. Boom. That's where the illness came in. That's why it was so harsh. When I allowed this energy, all of it, to dive in, when I say life started coming back in, I don't mean positivity. I mean the energy of life, which is what's in between polarities. So if we have positive and negative illusions, when you collapse a positive and negative and realize they're illusions, that's when true energy starts coming in. And that's when power started coming in. And that's when my body started healing again. I was able to, within two weeks, I went for my first walk. I walked a half block. And in that half block of stumbling, my feet just kind of shuffling just very slowly, this little old lady with a walker, she passes me up. And I started having this cognition. Oh my God, you were judgmental of slow people. Now you became a slow person. Do you see all these things that we that we judge in our lives? I wanted to say this in a strong way. We know that you'll eventually become them, but if you can go in and see and the things that you have judged and see how it all has both benefits and and drawbacks. You bet. You, the, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah, when you feel into this. Oh, yeah. So this moment, this yeah, this moment was a psychedelic moment. Yep. I had never done psychedelics. I've never done any drugs in my life. But when you take this moment and I slowly started healing, I started coming back and trying to figure out, okay, what do I do with this now, right? What do I do with this? I, of course, my Amazon business is not needed anymore. So that that slowly started going away, right? And I slowly started going, well, what do you want me to do now? <laughs> and this is where um, the path started taking me was, was starting to coach people. And, and, you know, you probably have seen, I have a, it's interesting because you know how I judged the Amazon company? Well, it told me the next thing was build a weight loss company. And I go, a weight loss? That's so physical. Why would you do that? That's just, that's not spiritual. <laughs> and then I realized, oh my God, when you don't have your body, you're not seeking for God. All right. you're seeking for is fucking relief. Sorry for the right. cursing, but some relief, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And so I realized that that's the first step to spirituality is do you have your health? <laughs> it doesn't, I would never said that before, but now I can with certainty say that with certainty, I can say that. And so over those years, what's very cool. I want to, want to, want to just add, first of all, I want to see if there's anything that's coming in your, in your, in your mind from that story. Cause I want to just give some space and time to talk. Sure. The, uh, I'm, I'm looking down on the earth from the international space station and all the lights are off in the uh, United States. And when you were talking about it, the flicker of light began to appear. And then more and more light began to appear. And I look at that light, Holy Spirit kind of light, uh, divine energy kind of light. Uh, which is available when you're able to uh, have mental stability and not get polarized by anything uh, because you don't identify with anything. Uh, if you identify with something, then you're deep trouble because something's going to change. But if you identify with nothing, then 
you you are calm in the middle of the chaos, but most people can't give up the somethings in order to get to the nothings. And so you are, you had the physical razzmatazz of a divine energy shaking you up, and that's really a gift because that just accelerates yeah. the light that you are that allows you to shine light brighter into the world to create these wonderful architects of spirituality. Beautiful, beautiful. It's also it's it's time to com- get get complete here. Uh, it's very yeah. moving, very moving story. But I want to give you a chance to complete, uh, and and then yeah. we'll tell the audience how they can get a hold of you. Well, Alan, I want to say thank you. I can feel energy speaking inside you, and I feel tears inside as you're talking because you know I feel now what's opened up in me. I can feel people so deeply. It doesn't matter if they're across the the world or right in front of me, and so I can feel you as you're talking and you're. Uh, and you understanding what I'm saying. And that means so much to me. Um, and I want to, um, yeah, so I, I just love having the conversation. Something that, you know, just right now, as you're talking, I feel tears coming through. And this is something that I used to block, especially as a, as a male. But I start, I allow this through now. And here's why. In, in, in the right before I was wanting to kill myself, I found a book called The Five Regrets of Dying. Oh, what a horrible title. Oh my God, that's so negative. I got to tell you, this book was life-changing. I would have never read that before until I actually wanted to kill myself. In this book, this lady describes, she spends 30 years in hospice and she's basically with people on their on their deathbed um, in their in their last few minutes of what they're going what they say and and their and their regrets uh in their life. Okay. And have you ever have you ever read that book? I have not. Say the say the title again, the five. The the top five regrets of dying. Yeah. And here's what, here's what, when I, this book came to me as I was right before wanting to kill myself. And let me just share just a few, Please, but this is what started. Yeah. This is what started changing me because I was someone that was just to reiterate, I was entrepreneur focused. I still love business, but I was focused on my business. I was focused on my money, my cars, my house, um, but what I didn't realize was the things that these people said before their deathbed. And I think if people read this, you just even read the five things they say, it'll move you. The first thing, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. There's many things in that. There's many things, but that's what people, that's the number one people thing people said. I wish I'd lived the life that was true to me. Not what others expected of me, not what social constructs said of me, not what not what my mom, my dad, not what my husband, but what I wanted. I wish I lived, had the life that lived the life that I wanted. When you have an experience of almost dying, I had I feel like I've got the perspective of what it's of what it's like to be 90, 99, 102, whatever, whatever it is, and you're about to die and you and you know it. And and you go and you you have perspective. It's perspective. So at 40, uh, 41, I had perspective on the first 41 years going, you you were not tuned into what was really magical in this lifetime. You were tuned into the things that were transient. And I started realizing I didn't share love with people. Every time I, I would talk to like I'm talking to you and I'm tearing up. But I would shut that down before, and I wouldn't say what was coming through. We we stop the the throat chakra from communicating what what spirit in me wants to say to the spirit in you. That's what came through. The second thing is, people said, "I wish I hadn't worked so hard." And I go, "That's that's a funny one." 
that makes sense. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. This the simple things. <laughs> the third thing was, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. So like right now in this moment, I can tell you with certainty, Alan, I can feel you. I can feel your being. I don't feel a difference in age. I don't feel a difference in 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 who we are as as men. I feel the the resonance of of what is in me within you. And I have a love for you and what you do. And I can say that now with certainty, but I before I couldn't have said that to another man. The fourth one was I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. The simplicity of that. The simplicity of that when you feel into at 99 or 102 and you're about to leave to feel the simplicity of that in whatever age and current time, space, reality someone is, to feel the simplicity of that. And then number five, I wish I let myself be happier. <laughs> that was it. None of, nobody said, I wish I made more money. Nobody said, I wish I had more achievements. Nobody said, I wish I got the Range Rover. Not one person said any of these things. And then I started realizing, oh, the gift to really know what's important. And this is what I, you know, you you mentioned mentioned about how to transmit to people. I think in this moment, if people can feel and listen to what I'm saying, you start telling the people in your life who have been there for you that you love them and tell them how you really feel. You don't know the things that you say. They may be coming from, from source and the impact we have on each other. These are the things we remember, you know, the, the love that we share amongst amongst beings. Um, no one, no one really, no one really cared how big your house was. <laughs> so so that was a defining moment that I think um, um, feeling that and then moving forward, I now get to coach people. I now have people who are going through these experiences who have no one to talk to. And I go, hey, man, I've been there. And they go, you've been here. Yes. And I go, yeah, I know what it's like to want to kill yourself. I know what it's like. And they go, how could you talk with me right now and know this? And I go, because I am you. Because I've been, because I let myself dive into it. Because the things you're resisting, it's really this incredible source that's pushing you towards being something so much more than you can imagine. So that first thing you you mentioned just about thoughts, I know with certainty now that I'm not a body. I have a body. Yes. I know with certainty now, right, that I'm not a mind. Yep. But I have a mind. You bet. And now. Yes, but I also know that I am a uh, a timeless, spaceless, massless being. That I've had cognitions now doing this several thousands of times. When I say this, coming here, being in this, and doing this, I can now feel outside of this time and space. And so when you talked about coming from the space station and looking down, I thought, man, space station, <laughs> like when you go into the in, in and out of time and space, the space station and the earth and planet all go away. And you start realizing that this thing is so much bigger than our, than our finite mind can ever imagine. So there's a few things for you, Alan. <laughs> I tell you, it's a lot of meat on that bone. You just gave, gave us. I appreciate, I appreciate <laughs> Cody. I appreciate your, your, uh, sharing, sharing, sharing the light, sharing the light with us today. Thank you very, very much for being on the mindful you podcast. It was a very rich, rich uh, venture into the the gold mine of love. Very nice. Thank you. Mm. Still brings Thank tears you, to my friend. eyes. Yes, I hope so. Thank you for listening. And please catch us on the next great episode of the Mindful You podcast.
and please share us with your friends and fellow travelers on the path.